Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. We are back. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week we review the 2019 movie A Little Women. We discuss Saoirse Ronan's brilliant performance in this movie. We talk about all the chemistry between characters, the music, the scenery, the cinematography, all the wonderful aspects of this movie. Even the costume design that we are getting better at talking about. We talk about the incredible ending of this movie after the spoiler horn. We talk about the interesting script of Greta Gerwig. And Stephen discusses whether he would marry for love or <laughs> to marry a rich man. All that and more on Movies on the Side. This week we reviewed the 2019 movie Little Women. Starring Saoirse Ronan, who Saoirse. is a bright, bright, bright star. Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, and then big names like Laura Dern, Meryl Streep, Bob Odenkirk, and a new favorite, Timothy Chalamet. And Chris Cooper's in this movie, too. I like his character. Yes. But anyway, this was a listener recommendation from listener Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer, for recommending it. I think you could safely say that who better to review a movie about the growing up domestication plight and struggles of women from the 1900s than Stephen Robles and myself <laughs> in the year 2020. Listen, we probably should have had a guest of, of a female persuasion <laughs> on the show this week, but as Nate had a baby, uh, in case you didn't know, listeners, uh, Nate is, is now uh, baby-laden. Baby, uh, how would you say, encumbered? You can call me Papa Baranowski. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's fine. Yeah, Papa Baranowski. Very good. And so, you know, we don't, we don't got time to schedule a special guest. This is a run and gun. Got to get these episodes in and out. You know what I'm saying? This episode is our version of showing that as an actor, we have depth mm. uh, and a full character because we can go from Hobbs and Shaw to Little <laughs> Women because I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. And mm. if we do this movie wrong, please let us know in the comments. And if need be, we'll bring a, uh, someone in for a later episode to amend everything we said this time. Yes. But I do love talking about Little Women because... I found this movie fascinating. It was a wonderful movie. The Rotten Tomatoes score, care to wager a guess on the critic score? 89%. Ah, it actually got 95% critic score. Mm. Well received mm -hmm. and 92% audience satisfaction. So people love this movie. Going into this movie, this uh -huh. is uh, like The Call of the Wild. Little Women has been made approximately 84 times on the silver screen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ever since Louisa May Alcott wrote two separate books that were combined into one in Little Women back in the 1800s, it has been made in TV and movie form a lot. Right. What did you know about the story, Little Women, before watching this movie? Nothing. I knew nothing, and I didn't research much. All, the only thing I looked up was I wanted to know exactly what time period we were in. Mm -hmm. So I did find out that it was post-Civil War era. That was all I looked up. Otherwise, nothing. I thought I knew more than I did about this. It's <laughs> one of those things where it's like I must have confused like an American Girl doll story. And I mixed it with – and I had – notes of sense and sensibility oh, in yeah, this yeah. it's pride and prejudice this shows how yeah this shows how like bad i am at this genre as far as keeping it straight yeah. but turns out i've never heard this story before at all so nate i feel like a lot of the things that i want to talk about 
Might have to go post-spoiler. Yeah. Because there's a lot to the story that would ruin it. So just in broad strokes, yes. I just want to say the the chemistry, it surrounds these four sisters. The story surrounds, you know, Joe, March, Meg, Amy, and Beth March, the four sisters. And they're the crux of the story, but Joe is the protagonist. I think she's like the main character. It's who we follow. The heroine. Yes, the heroine. Sure. And we go back and forth between like a present day and then going back in time and seeing a little bit of how they grew up and what shaped them. So we're back and forth throughout this movie. A little confusing at times. Every once in a while, like you really had to pay attention like, is it the future? Is it not? And I think they they did a fairly good job of trying to, like, allude to hairstyle and, like, maturity level. Color palette shift. Yes. I think also was a clue every once in a while. I would say, broad strokes, talking about this movie before we get into it, that was probably my biggest knock on the movie, is that in some ways, I do feel like the movie... If you had known the story because you've grown up with it your whole life, would have been a lot easier to follow. I struggled a tiny bit with the back and forth in time Mm -hmm. because there are some of the sisters that I think, or one in particular, I think Beth looks probably the most different between the, supposed to be seven years apart. Right. Um, And some hairstyles change, but it was tough for me because seven years... Like in real life, you can kind of look different or you can kind of all look the same. Right. <laughs> it was difficult for me to tell. I also did have to look up what time period this was supposed to be because at first I thought it was World War One time, but then it was Union soldiers and I kind of, okay, Civil War. I will say the the actors, the four actresses that play these four sisters do an awesome job at the maturity level. I do think that like there's some nuance, so you can kind of tell after a couple lines of dialogue. There is, yes. You know, cause like, I think the first time we go back in time to see them as girls as opposed to like adults. So I guess when they're like 13, 14 years old, they're very like energetic, constantly talking. I got a very much like Gilmore Girls vibe. Like just yes. the, the banter is like they're talking over one another. And I loved it. It was great. They had great chemistry, all of them together. Yes. When there's conflict between two of them, super emotional, really believable. Mm-hmm. Beth, very good. And Amy, sort of middling. Very well done. <laughs> Laura Dern as their mom, which they call Marmy. Me, <laughs> I wasn't crazy about that word, but, but anyway, it's true to the the source material. Yeah, you gotta see, you gotta say true. She was incredible as the mom. What about Meryl Streep as Aunt March? Josephine. Yes. Oh, Josephine. Yes, here. Is there a reason you stopped reading Belsham? I'm sorry. I'll continue. They, they were all amazing. What I liked about Laura Dern is like she has a couple interactions when she's one on one with some of the daughters. Mm-hmm. She's talking to Joe, the the oldest, the protagonist, and Joe is talking about how like she always feels angry. You know, she kind of yep. like has this Hulk line. Yep. And Laura Dern's mom, Marmy, I'm not even gonna try and say that anymore. Laura Dern's character, she's like, I'm always angry too. <laughs> she says yeah, every day. Yeah, patience, every day. What you say? Patience is not a natural character trait. And she also has this line in that same conversation, Laura Dern says, there are some natures too noble to curb and too lofty to bend. And talking about how like their personality Mm. is. I love that line. Well, and I also thought Timothy Chalamet was great. There is, I would say there are a couple weaker, mm, couple weaker characters, maybe one weaker character that I'm thinking of at the moment. But I think everyone like this was a rock solid cast across the board. 
And I think, okay, I'll just I'll just spoil it right now because this <laughs> isn't really a movie spoiler. This is my opinion spoiler. So I guess <laughs> I think Emma Watson outshone mm-hmm. by the other daughters, the other little women mm-hmm. in this. I think she's a little bit out of her depth in the acting department. I think her character is fine, but I, she doesn't have to be amazing because Greta Gerwig, who wrote and directed this movie, has produced a script that is fantastic. Yes. Remember how we like look up lines or we write down lines as we go because they're ridiculous? I wrote down a few just because they were so good. <laughs> yes, they were so good. One of them for me is from Meryl Streep. She's in the carriage mm-hmm. and they're talking it was just the marriage between Emma Watson's character and the teacher. <laughs> Meryl Streep says, "You're not entirely wrong. I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong." Right. And she also says the line, "It's possible to be right and foolish." Mm. It's like these sort of lines is like, "Ooh, that's deep." Yeah. That's Twitter deep. They're very good. But Meryl Streep was hilarious too. I think one of the first scenes we see she's being read to and like she has the dog on her and like she's sleeping as Joe supposedly talking. It's just it's, very good. it's pretty hilarious. I'll also say this movie is looks beautiful. You know, there's so many shots of like sweeping fields and the different houses that they're in, some of the dance scenes, like it just looks beautiful and it sounds great too. There's the first dance scene with when Joe meets Laurie. I love that first scene, first of all, their interactions together and how they, mm-hmm. you know, how they do that. that was great. And then that dance scene where they go out on the balcony and dance together, like around the house. So good. I loved it. It's so good. The dance is so fun. The music, too, is this orchestral music. And it felt like I was in a concert hall listening to an orchestra, like the, the mixing and however they did it. Like there's no sound effects for their feet on the deck. Like you don't hear them mm-hmm. dancing. All you hear is the orchestra and nothing else. And I really loved it. It, it was a beautiful scene. Also, we have to point out, based on the beauty of the movie, is that it won an Oscar for Best Costume Design. Mm -hmm. You and I have delved a little bit more into costume design in our interview with Kate Hawley. Mm -hmm. I need to give a shout-out to the costume designer from this movie, Jacqueline Duran. Okay. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Beautiful dresses, but also like, or as Kate would say, frocks in this movie, but also just some like, I mean, Timothy Chalamet has these really cool, like multi-layered tuxes, suits, I guess, that he's wearing throughout. And and Joe in her kind of tomboy overcoats. Yes. Beautiful costume design. Yeah, Joe's outfits are awesome because they also, Joe and Laurie later in the movie, they are arguing in that field and she's talking about how she's like basically a spinster and like this is just how she is. Like she's not going to be beautiful and wear these dresses and, you know, it comes out in the costuming. So yeah, that is very cool. Yeah. I also love Laurie's arc. I won't do any spoilers, but from that first scene in the dance when you see him, my note was like, man, Laurie's amazing. Like this dude is super smooth, super suave. He straight up convinces her to dance and he's like, he's all that. And you kind of love him. And then kind of throughout the movie, you're not sure if you love him. And he he does very well of kind of like making you feel a variety of things towards him. I watched this movie and felt that his character and all of the girls, especially the 
complexity, subtle growth to their characters, their foibles, and the things that they are petty about at different times. It's such a rich, I mean, probably I have to also give credit to the original source material. Like when Louisa May Alcott wrote this originally, she wrote, I think, what ended up being half of Little Women. And the response to it was, we need to know more about what happens to these four young young women. Yeah. Like we need to know how their story goes because we're so invested. And I get it. Like I cared what happened to each of these characters. Yeah, absolutely. One other line I have to pull is Laura Dern talking to Joe. This is later in the movie and Joe's talking about her feelings towards Laurie. And Laura Dern asks her, Do you love him? And Joe answers, I want to be loved. And but Laura Dern presses, Do you love him? And I thought that was such an interesting way to press her like we understand like we all have a need to be loved and it's easy to just take the person that seems to love you so you can get that right but it's different if you don't love them back right like just because it feels good to receive their love you can't do that to them if you don't love them back and i thought that was a really good i don't know a lesson in love but do you love him i care more to be loved I want to be loved. That is not the same as loving. I think there are quite a few lessons we will discuss after <laughs> the spoiler horn. But first, Stephen. Yes. Please give me how we are rating this movie and your rating. We are going to rate this movie on a scale of zero to five candles. Because I love the scene of Joe in the attic of the house and she's writing yep. and there's just candles everywhere. And there was also some anxiety of like, Oh goodness, if you knock a candle over <laughs> your entire book is going to go up in flames. What yep. are you doing? Which happens in this book. Yes. Some papers are burnt by her sister. Right. <laughs> we'll get to that. No spoilers. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Was that spoilery? Uh, I don't know. I'll leave it. In. I'm going to give this movie four candles, mm. four out of five candles. It is a very, very good movie. I really enjoyed it. I think my wife enjoyed it, but it's also a little long. It's over two hours, so significant runtime. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much rewatchability there is in a movie like this. I would surely watch it again someday. It's not one that I'm like, right. you know, wanting to rewatch right now. But man, I, lo I love the story. I love seeing the actress Saoirse Ronan. It was my first time seeing her uh, that I can remember or know of. And she is incredible. Like to see her in this movie and being very pleasantly surprised. Like this is an incredible actress and I can't wait to see her in more things in the future. So I really enjoyed it. So four out of five for me. How about you? I'm going to give it exactly the same. Four out of five candles for me. I'm with you. I think almost on everything you said, Sersha is, I think Brooklyn, um, the movie is kind of how she burst onto the scene, but she won, did she win Best Actress for Lady Bird? Have you seen Lady Bird? No. It is also a Greta Gerwig movie. Apparently she is fantastic in this, and I believe it. Like, she, in the scenes she's in, she steals them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, apparently the story behind her getting into this movie is that when she heard that Greta Gerwig was directing and writing a Little Women adaptation, she basically wrote or somehow got a hold of Greta and said, like, I'm going to be Joe. <laughs> Make me Joe in this movie. And Greta Gerwig was like, hmm, okay, I just worked with you on Lady Bird. 
do I want to, should I just bring you in again? And then part of what Greta Gerwig said was like, it is so Joe of her to basically cast herself in the movie and say, (laughs) yes, I'm going to be this role in your movie. That's really good. (laughs) Really, really good. I love that story. Sersha is amazing in this. I think, I mean, top to bottom, I have a few a few concerns with Emma Watson's kind of accent, I think, throughout the whole thing. <laughs> and the runtime is a little bit long. That could be because every 30 minutes or so, I did have a small baby boy uh, decide to talk over uh, some of the script. Like, he wasn't respecting mm. the, the movie's runtime as much. Welcome to captioning, Nate. <laughs> Welcome. I know, but then I miss out on these on these beautiful kind of American accents throughout this movie. Mm, that is 1800s true. 1800s American. <laughs> that is true. It really was a lot of fun to watch. There are some movies that make me want to read the source material, and this is kind of one of them. Uh, we'll talk about this in a second, but I love also that it is kind of about the person writing the story of the movie. Yes. This kind of meta narrative. So we'll get to that in a second, but four out of five candles for me too. Yes, I love that. And the ending, I absolutely love how they did it, which we will talk about in case you didn't know. Now comes the spoiler horn, where we will talk about all the things that would spoil the movie if you hadn't seen it yet. So if you hadn't seen it yet, you should go watch it. It's on stars. Or if you haven't seen one of the 12 adaptations of Little Women or read the book. (laughs) You never know. I hadn't seen it. Hey, I hadn't either. There you go. So here's the spoiler horn, and then we're going to talk about all the spoileries. Beth dies. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Let's talk about situations or events. All right. One being... Give it to me. You know, this is in the flashbacks, and Joe and Emma Watson's character, I forget that sister's name. Meg. Joe and Meg, they go to the theater with Laurie. And that's when Amy goes in there and burns every page of this book that she finds. And I have to say, of all the moments in a movie, like I was like my insides were like twisting as she was like burning these pages. Yes. And and then, and then when like Joe comes home and figures it out, and Marmy, Lord Dern's character, is like, "Don't let the sun go down on your wrath." I turned to Whitney and I was like, "You know what?" She can let it go down on a raft yep. tonight. Like I would yep. stay. <laughs> I think a couple of days. I think it's worth it. But they do it. They did a great job of like the more the next morning. Then Joe is like still ticked, and you know how that all plays out. I just I love those moments, those interactions with the sisters. It is a great. It is so smart the way they go back and forth between these seven years because I believe what leads into this whole thing is when Amy's not coming back because Beth is sick and dies in this movie, which is a, a like a heart-wrenching part of the whole movie. But Amy is in Paris, I believe, with Aunt March. Yes. Does not come home right away. And Joe says something to the effect of... <sighs> Amy has always had a talent for getting out of the hard parts of life. Joe, don't be angry with your sister. And it jumps back to this scene, and I'm thinking to myself, like, how does this all relate? Like, I don't understand how it all relates. But how it relates is that whole story, that whole, like, little snippet is about Joe basically being like, I'm done with her for a long, long time. She mm-hmm. says, like, I, basically, I hate her and I will never forgive her. And then Amy falls through the ice. And that one situation like brings them all back together and has forgiveness. And I think she was looking back at the situation and basically saying like, "Well, good thing that happened. Otherwise, like we may not be friends." Like you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that got her out of the doghouse, this whole sort of thing. And I think the tie-ins between how they jump back and forth and how back in the past when Beth has scarlet fever and gets better and she walks downstairs to the table and she's there. And then seven years later, she walks downstairs and uh, her mom's crying yes. because she has died. That juxtaposition was really good. Like, well done in the movie making wise. I will say, when Beth dies and Joe is by her bedside, I did have the question pop into my head. Like, did they take her body away with Joe sitting right there? I think so. It seemed like she fell asleep with her. I think that's how that was supposed to... Yeah, that, that seems a little strange. I feel like we need to talk about Romance Corner as we talk about these sisters right here. Yes. So, Lori... The guy, he's like this. I don't, I don't know what you would call him, but he's like the jester of these four girls for their adolescence. He's always around. He brings all the fun. He's the type seven on the enneagram. Yep. He's being the fun guy, and you know it's funny. We don't really hear about his feelings until late in the movie. You know, it's one of these things where like, well, he must have feelings for one of these girls, and vice versa. Uh huh. And it's it's not until the conflict between him and Joe in the field where he tells Joe, I've loved you since the beginning. And Joe says, I can't change my feelings. I don't love you. Does that come, does that scene come after him and Amy have their scene together? Yes, where it does come after, yes. That order of events is brilliant because yes. you think like when he's basically like, hey, I, you know, I want to be with you. Uh, don't marry him. And she's like, well, I can't be second place to Joe. And we had heard only to that point that him and Joe had a falling out, but we didn't know the extent of it. And then you see it afterwards and it almost makes you like replay the last scene in your head because he says like, basically I'll never love someone else, which I tell you what, what a wonderful order of scenes. I have been second to Joe my whole life in everything. And I will not be the person you settle for just because you cannot have her. I won't I won't do it. My question to you is should Amy have married Lori knowing how strong his feelings were for Joe? Because she didn't know that Joe would eventually get married maybe one day, which we have to talk about the ending because it's so interesting oh, it's how they leave that so ambiguous. So interesting. So interesting. It's so good. But I don't know, should she have gone through with not marrying the other guy that was rich and marrying Lori? Who is also rich, relatively. <laughs> that is true, but I don't know if they loved each other. I feel like they were both kind of... Amy loved Lori, but Lori is like settling for second place. I I think genuinely he has finally seen her not as the little girl kid sister that he knew back then. And he did have moments of seeing her for the ambitious. Because I think what he sees in her is that she's a little bit more like Joe than you know she was when she was a teenager. She's She now is ambitious, and she wants to be a great artist, and she has all of these, and has in some ways grown wise, a little bit cynical about the right. world. But culture. But like, has, yeah, has grown into, I think, someone that he truly respects and loves in a new way. So from her side, I think, I think yes. The only thing that I was thinking of during this is you do have to, if you want a relationship with your sister, this kind of goes back to our Hamilton discussion of the Eliza. <laughs> 
You'll never be satisfied. Never be satisfied. Angelica. Angelica uh, sort of saga. It's at what point in time do you basically say, like, listen, I know my sister, and if she, <laughs> like, it would break her heart to have right. with me. Which Joe writes that note and puts it in their little woods box, mm-hmm. but then goes back and rips it up and throws it in the river. I was That's wondering, part. is Lori going to find this letter? But when she rips it up in, like, several pieces and throws it in her, I was like, man. I really felt that. The, the movie did a great job of pulling that heartstring. It was it was very true to, I think, how people would react in real life. Because truly, Joe said no to him. And yeah. basically, like, she passed up on him. And although she said she'd say yes if he asked again, like, there is... She realizes, even though it kind of brings her some sadness, that, hey, I... I did say no. Like, I no longer, I don't hold any sort of stock over this guy. Yeah. Do you think she should not have? If you were Amy. <laughs> this is what, I didn't want to ask it to you this way because it feels weird. But yeah, go ahead. I know, but I did it to you. So here yes, we you are. Did. Yes, you did. Uh, I don't know. Would you say to him, like, no, like, because that's what she initially says is like, I will not be consolation prize. I guess if she had not married Lori and instead gone to marry the rich guy in France, she would be giving in to her cynical side and believing that marriage is just a economic proposition, which she says like three times in this movie. So if that was the alternative, then maybe she chose better Mm -hmm. because she'll actually have a meaningful and fulfilling relationship with Lori. But the world is not an either or proposition. (laughs) Like she could have not married either of them Mm -hmm. and maybe found someone else. Now, I don't know, post-Civil War, how hard it is to how many find men are left? Yeah, I don't know. Or just, I don't know, you know, because you know, her family doesn't have much to offer. So maybe it was like these really are the only two choices. And if that's the case, then yeah, maybe she chose correctly. And there's a there's a scene when they're telling Joe to chase after the teacher, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like telling Lori, go get a horse. And, like, he doesn't go right away, and then she, like, hits him on the arm, and she's like, I told you to go get a horse. And, like, that kind of right. spousal playfulness, that seemed to play off. And when I saw that moment, I was like, okay, like, I guess they'll be fine. <laughs> and even while even while Lori was telling Joe that, like, I've married your sister, he does have – he truly says, and she's like, do you love her, or are you in love, or whatever? And he's like, yes, I am. And I believe him. Yeah, I did. I, because he has no reason to lie to her. Yeah, at that moment, because he says something to the effect of like, let's discuss, let's talk about this right now and then leave it aside forever. Like, I have loved you or I have or will always love you in that sort of way. But my love for your sister is different and new and it's good. Joe, I want to say one thing and then we'll put it away forever. I've always loved you. But the love I feel for Amy, it's different. And I think you were right about this. I think we would have killed each other. I liked that scene. Let's talk about Meg, played by Emma Watson, and John Brooke, who, man, that character, he slipped through my mind so fast between scenes. Every time I saw him, I said, have I seen you in another scene? Okay, you're the tutor. All right, how did you come in to be here? Are you a good man? Or are you, you're, you're poor. This is what I know about you. You're poor. Right. Right. can't afford the silk. Man, it was hard to look directly at his character and remember who he was. He seemed, I mean, he was forgettable, but that's fine. It was also hard because they had the only family, as in like married with children type family, throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And without ever seeing them interact as a family, it was hard to like solidify 
the image in my mind of like that group of people in a, as a nuclear family. Right. So he was a little forgettable. And we only see the kids like run through the frame maybe twice in the whole movie. Right. So I did, I mean, I felt the scene a little bit when she's like regretting buying the silk and he's like, sorry, I couldn't give you the life you wanted, you know, but that's also a story we've heard before. So it was, he did. That was a tough scene because it, it plays. I mean, this is to Emma Watson's credit. I know I've been a little harsh thus far. Uh-huh, yeah. The scene of her, talking to him about basically like man it stinks being poor i want i i I know i shouldn't want to have nice things beyond like being smart financially but i do and i want to be happy but i also don't want to be pitied by people and like truly honest of him like like i want to give it to you i want to have like i want to give it to you but i i'm not going to pretend that we have money we don't i thought that was a really heartwarming but heart-crushing scene simultaneously yeah Yeah, absolutely so i also want to talk about mr lawrence which is laurie's father or grandfather grandfather i loved his character how much he loved the family the the four girls and everything and i just want to say i am so glad that he wasn't a creeper yes There there were so many times where i was like you know when beth beth goes over and plays the piano and I was like, this is so, this is such a beautiful moment. He's just saying, just play the piano. And he comes down the stairs to listen to her. And it's a great scene. And it's obviously like he lost a daughter, apparently. He's, he mentions that. And he's sitting on the stairs and you see him tear up. And I was just, the, the whole movie, I was like, please don't be a creeper. Please don't be weird. Oh, and he man. wasn't. Yeah. And I was so happy. <laughs> it occurred to me today that my daughter's piano suffers from want of use. Any of your girls like to run over and practice on it now and then? Just to keep it in tune. They don't care to come, well then, never mind. Oh, sir, they do care very, very much. Speaking of people I was so happy weren't bad guys and were great. The dad. Oh, yeah. The father, Father March, played by Bob Odenkirk, comes back. I missed it up a couple times while watching this, but this was definitely a scene of him coming back and looking at his girls and... He truly misses that. Like, I'm glad to see that he like they didn't have admiration, misplaced admiration for their father. He did seem like a truly good man. Yeah, he was a good dude. He was a good dude. All right, we have to talk about the ending of this movie. Okay. So the movie begins with Joe going to this newspaper place or some publisher and talks to a Mr. Dashwood, who she negotiates with for a story. Great character. Great character. Loved him. Played by Tracy Letts. He's Henry Ford from Ford v. Ferrari. That's where we know him from. Oh, that's right. That's right. He was good in that, too. So Joe goes back to Mr. Dashwood and is selling him on her story of little women. And they are in this negotiation. And she starts talking about the end of the book. And Mr. Dashwood is saying the woman always has to get married or die. Those are the only two choices. If you leave the woman a spinster, no one will read this book. Right. No, 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 that won't work at all. Well, she says the whole book that she doesn't want to marry. Who cares? Girls want to see women married, not consistent. No, it isn't the right ending. The right ending is the one that sells. As they are talking about the ending of the book, we are simultaneously getting what might be a flashback to what happened. Because we see this teacher, this German teacher, his name is Friedrich Baer. Played by Louis Garrel. I never learned his name while watching this no, movie. No, neither did I. But this German teacher, she ran into him before in New York. Now he visited her at her house, but he left, and all her sisters are saying, go chase him. So 
while she is telling Mr. Dashwood her ending, he's like, she has to get married. And so she is saying, well, it could happen like this and we'll do this. And we see it happen. Like we see Joe go to Friedrich at the train station and they kiss under the umbrella. And then we see like the ending kind of like, okay, so she sold the book. She has some money. Everybody's happy. Friedrich is there at the end, but it is totally left ambiguous whether yes. or not in reality, they got married. did Joe marry Friedrich or was that just the ending to the book she wrote in this meta book writer story or did it actually happen? Was it just the book ending or was it reality? I don't know if the other adaptations of Little Women did the same thing as this. If not, I mean, if they did, then cool. Like that's a, like a fun, fun way to do it. If they did not, and this is just this adaptation, what a smart new decision. Because as a viewer, you kind of get it both ways. You have yeah. your cake and eat it too. Because, yes. Yes. I mean, part of the the drive of the story is that Joe, as a feminist, is like, listen, the, the idea of marriage for me is just like, this is just a societal expectation that the only way I'm supposed to like basically make my way in this world and I don't need it. And like, I want to be loved, but I don't know about this whole like marriage, you know, kind of going back to what Amy said, as far as, is this just yeah. uh, financially? So her whole mindset is like, man, I don't, I don't know if I ever want to be married. That's why she says no to Lori back then. So in one way, the movie does say like, yeah, she can be happy and not be married. Yeah, she can be she can be single for the rest of her life and be completely fulfilled. But it also says like it winks at us as yes. audience members <laughs> like, listen, we also know though that you love seeing people find their romantic partners in movies. Just like how Joe says to the Mr. Dashwood like all right, well, I can make my heroine do it in order to make money. And it's like the movie's like, yeah, we want to make money too. So we'll also give you this scene <laughs> of them kissing under the umbrella. And you can kind of believe that's how it happened. And she just, that's how she wrote it in the book. Or you can go away saying like, yeah, that's fun that the movie did what she also did in the book. I thought it was great. You could take it either way, depending on how you personally uh, want to see it. Yeah, and I don't think previous versions of Little Women did this. Uh, okay. There's actually a whole Vulture article about the ending, and I'll put it in the show notes if you want to read it. But it was just incredible because, like, as you're watching the ending of the movie, you're like, they're not going to tell us which is which. Like, they're not going to reveal which is the story and which is reality. I kind of uh, chuckled and uh, said something to Jill while watching it, while watching them kiss under the umbrella as the music swelled like – this is exactly what like they know like as a viewer I do want to see it this way but I'm left examining my own kind of romance slash drama biases when watching movies and the fact that yeah it does feel really good to see uh, one person chase down another person in the rain and it's yes. like oh you got me movie yeah. you got me I <laughs> I do want this but it's also just as satisfying to see Joe like look through the glass and see her book being printed and you see all the oh, letters man. and yeah. that guy that was making the book. Can I just say scenes like that make me want to be some craftsman of an item like a book. Kind of the care of kind of uh, getting the oh, spine, the binding, using the saw to get the spine down, cutting the pages. I was like, that dude 
he's got it made. Like bone folding. Oh, oh yeah, so it's all good. There. But anyway, I, I love the ending. I love the intentional ambiguity, and it was just done so well. Like, yep, yeah, you can take it kind of however you want, and it's not gonna tell you. And the the whole scene of Joe walking through the garden, and you see Laurie. Uh, holding his own baby, yep. <laughs> you know, him and Amy uh, together. And, you know, you see Meg also there and she's in a dress and it's like, everybody's happy. And, you know, you want to believe that she got married? Great. If not, great. Exactly. Here's something that the movie, I think, treats really well that a lot of movies don't. And that's this. In Little Women, each of the daughters has a different personality type mm-hmm. and a very, very different, which is amazing to flesh out four characters so well. The movie doesn't necessarily say that any of their types is the right one to be. Mm-hmm. It shows it, not callously, it shows it almost without opinion, yeah. coldly, of like, hey, this is just who they their personalities are like. Right. Like this is just, this. Uh, she dreams of the finer things in life. And it doesn't, it doesn't say to you that like, she shouldn't. It just says, like, she does. And, like, she doesn't want to get married right now, okay? It doesn't say that's bad, or she wants to get married early and have kids. It doesn't say that's bad either. And it's that's a, a fun thing to kind of present these complex characters without nudging you too much down the road of, like, this path is the way to be. For example, Beth is a pretty much a homebody who, um, she's sick most of her life, but very content just kind of being at home and being around family. Like, doesn't have a whole lot of uh, ambition to go somewhere else or to accomplish great things. And it the movie doesn't look down at her either. In fact, like some of the lines are like, she is some of the best of us because of her contentment in this. Right. And yet, yeah. we also see Joe's ambition and like show like, hey, that's pretty cool too. And they each have a happy ending, even if it's not a perfect ending. Right. You know, and, and that's what I think is is so cool to see. And, and you even get two endings for Joe, whichever one you prefer. So yep. it's pretty cool. All right, well, listeners, it's good to be back. Comment on our Instagram post when it goes up. Let us know what you thought of Little Women. And don't forget, you can check out bonus episodes every week if you go to patreon.com slash movies on the side. And you get access to a bonus episode every week. And Nate has a new baby. And so we talk a little bit about that in our bonus episodes. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at movies on the side. And like we always say, I may not always be right, but I am never wrong. Nate is unprepared for this podcast. Hold on a second. No, I think that should be it. (laughs) That should be the end. Just leave it there. Wait, wait. No, it has so many good quotes in here. I can't. Okay, all right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I just opened IMDb app and I searched for IMDb in IMDb. because Nice. Crushed it. We're crushing it. (laughs)